0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a fifteen-hundred-dollar first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody, working up. Everybody's working. With that time jersey.
1: It's kind of hilarious because the final score, well, the final score was, if I dare say, Nate Taylor, final score was predictable if you're a certain level of intelligent, observant gentleman. I mean, that's just thats just what it was, 27-17. Who couldn't have seen that score coming? Right? Like the actual way that the Chiefs and Jags got there- Got there, there.
2: yeah.
1: Uh. It was a weird game. The coin toss <laughs> <laughs> and really didn't relinquish much, at least until later on. The Chiefs beat the Jags. Nate and I are going to go ahead and just just fully separate our rotator cuffs, just pat ourselves on the back. We, got yeah. total so we both had Harrison Bucker missing an extra point, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we totally nailed that. Kadarius Tony touchdown. Yeah, MVS first Chiefs. Yeah, man, why not? Who didn't have those coming? Uh, obviously this game took a winding road to the result where it ended up. But ultimately I think we saw some of the things we wanted to see from the chiefs against the Jags. And we may have seen a couple things that I don't know, Weren't exactly what we were expecting. That will be the topic of conversation here on this edition of Times Ours. Joshua Briscoe, Nate Taylor, Seth Kaiser. You guys both in attendance for the game. Seth making the trip down from the Great White North. Fellas! And you
3: know what? Seth, why don't you start us
1: off with uh, with, with how your, uh, your trip to Arrowhead
3: again this week was? It was fantastic. Um, people at Arrowhead are always great to chat with. Um, got to bring my daughter, Isabel, to her first game just a um, hoot yeah oh it was so much fun I did not anticipate the the bull pucky chant being a big part of my day
2: <laughs> well
3: and that that was a bit of a bummer I was like hey Isabel why don't I just cover your ears why no one's yelling no, what are <gasps> they so funny. I don't know
2: she's such a she's such an adorable sweet uh, young girl that yeah these are these are the thoughts that I don't have as a father when trying to like persuade my wife to let our son, you know, attend football games. But yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, on the, yeah. but yeah. On hey, the plus but this is Seth. hey, but this is your off day, people. I mean, by by all means, <laughs> like continue drinking, continue doing abhorrent behavior because you're not working today. But also, it's a new kickoff against Jacksonville, dog. But you're right. You're right.
1: You got to be ready with the bull hockey at, at a noon game kickoff. That's yeah. important. But and like, on the other side, Seth, at least we found out that Isabel has a great taste in comedy. Okay. Oh, for I sure.
2: For sure. Up. I mean, her favorite yeah. comedian, Joshua Briscoe. Uh, and, and look, <laughs> look, like, here's, here, here's a level of criticism to NFL referee. See, I got to go four layers deep because you can't get a single call right, which forces the crowd to say abhorrent things. <laughs> this teaches my child not to say those things. Exactly. But I also have to explain to the said child I guess you can do that if you're an adult and yeah. something is done wrong to your favorite team and you're not being supervised for anybody from your employer.
3: Yeah, exactly. So, I, I, I basically... I blame it all on the refs. She, she asked me why people were so mad because it was obvious. <laughs> and I said, well... You, you see that guy laying on the ground. Well, you're not supposed to hit people with your own helmet in mm-hmm. the helmet. Mm-hmm. So like, Well, did someone do that? Is he going to get in trouble? And I said, apparently not. <laughs> and, and look, bang, bang plays. I get it. This stuff happens. But that that's I could people were upset. And there's a reason. And there's a there's a reason why, because I get mad at some of the defenseless receiver calls because, like, what's a defender supposed to do? Mm hmm. And and I get the juju because of the way he was moving his head lowered, but the dude led with his head. Like, it's not like when Thornhill got penalized in the back of the end zone, I think against the Bucks, he, like, turned his head away Mm -hmm. and hit with his shoulder. And that's what you have to do as a defender. Is it easy for a defender? No. Does it result in giving up more big plays? Yes. But does it also mean you see fewer times where a tough dude, like Juju Smith-Schuster, is crumpled on the ground, clearly unconscious, with his hands stiff because Mm -hmm. he's taking a head-to-head shot? Yes. That's why they're trying to get it out of the game because – that's a big deal. And we know that. And so, I mean, as the refs, like, especially I saw the presser questions afterwards where it's like, well, the receiver was in a defenseless posture, but I'm like, that's that's the call. Like, that's what it's called.
2: And I, so I mean you can't yeah. you can't acknowledge, and this is in the poor report. Um, I guess they I mean, I guess you can, because they did, but they acknowledged that he was a defenseless receiver while also acknowledging, yeah, we thought it was more shoulder to shoulder.
3: Yeah, it's like y'all didn't. And let me tell you, if they believed that it's because they did not look at the the big screen and arrowhead one time for five straight minutes because the the, the, the operator replayed that in slow motion, like a million times. And every time the crowd got madder and madder and madder, because you can see it. It's so obvious the head arrived first. And so like to say, like, ah, oh, we thought you led with the shoulder. It's like, uh-huh. But there was a giant screen. Like, all you had to do was look up, dude. And so that, I, can see what people, I can see why people are frustrated, which isn't what I expected to lead with. But that said, yes, my, my daughter Isabel is displaying already at the young age of nine a shockingly poor judgment <laughs> in what people she thinks are funny. So <laughs> just to give people context, so we all got together as a family at, at Meet Mitch's place, which eat there. Get the womp fries. Good God have mercy. Or the womp, what do they call the the the
1: It was a meat tower. The I, meat tower, I, the Steph, I, I the, down the, the only thing I remember is the phrase meat tower. A grilled meat tower
2: was, with burnt ends inside of it. it. Oh. Man, sense. the
3: pulled pork was terrific. The the, the, the so, loaded baked potato oh, that so was I'm mean, all of it. It really is. But they're the the something cheese fries, I can't remember what they called the appetizer. With they got the womp sauce, the the it just it was awesome. So anyway. Just walk in and open your mouth and just like hold out some of Yeah, just wait for them to convey your belt. Um, as we're, we're, we're all eating together and we're doing our usual thing, we're laughing, we're joking, we're having fun. And my daughter, Isabel, turns to just, you should be a comedian. And then the rest of the time kept trying to like show you things on the tablet. Like, yeah. ooh, look at this game I'm playing. And you were very gracious with about her time and I appreciate that. Also, I'm never letting her talk to any guys for the next 10 years. Yeah, that seems, uh, that she, seems, obviously. About, that
2: seems about fair. She, uh, yeah. Thank you,
3: Nate. See, Nate gets seems, it. Like, seems,
2: seems, seems significant. This, this and, seems like and, a proportion response. appropriate.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, seems significant and yet totally yeah. appropriate. Yeah. This is how we do things. So it was great. Arrowhead was great. Um, yeah. it was a fun game. Couldn't have enjoyed it more. Got to bring jazz with me for the first time in a while. Um, and now she's like, no, I'm thinking club levels. Where we're going to sit from now on. I'm like, I'm not that kind of lawyer, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what she thinks. There's
1: a lot of inter-family drama coming out of this trip for the yeah. Kaiser household, and frankly, yep. I'm,
2: I'm worried about it. <laughs> but but, <laughs> but the, no, it was it was a great game, a lot of fun. Yeah, the, the look on my face when I explained to Holly like, well, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a noon kick, this is actually great for the Kaiser family because they can drive home while there's still sun out. <laughs> and she was like, they they drive, they're driving home now. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yes, darling, this is what they do. This is you know, the pilgrimage, as they say.
1: This is to, the life of a, as you might say, Arrowhead. MN Chiefs fan.
2: Yeah, from, to and from Arrowhead. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yes. The dedication, as they say, <laughs> is is
3: real. I, I was a little tired, and you know, sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you gotta get home at. Two thirty-three in the morning, and then get up at six or seven and write about Kadarius Tony. Sometimes you got to do that. Well,
1: and, Nate, I think the least we can do is start with the Tony thing for Seth's sake, because <laughs> frankly, well, obviously he did it. It's out there. The review is great, <laughs> mnchiefsfan.substack.com. But also, I'm afraid that that Seth might just turn into snoring noises by the halfway point of this episode. So um, <laughs> let's let's start with Kadarius Tony, and frankly. It's where I wanted to start. You guys mentioned the juju thing. There's a lot of talk around all that. I don't know. Frankly, I just don't think there's that much more to say because I think we've yeah. covered it. Because <laughs> that bad, was
2: yeah, it's a bad play, and don't expect them to be playing on Sunday against the Chargers. Like yeah. that would be yep. um, irresponsible by the NFL, which we've already seen occur earlier this season. So everybody stay safe out there. Um, which yep. means you know, like Brian Cook had a um, a concussion in the Raiders game late in that game. And he missed a week and then came back. Um, that yeah. is the best possible scenario for Juju Smith-Schuster and most NFL veterans who are entering the concussion protocol during a game. That is the same sort of, uh, outcome projection. I guess you could say it's probably a better word for Chris Lammons, the special teams ace for the chiefs mm-hmm. who, who suffered uh or who who entered the concussion protocol. Although we are led to believe that he suffered one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in punk coverage earlier in the game, like right before Juju's uh, injury as well. So, um, yeah, you know, just be responsible. And, um, the thing that, I guess, here's the last thing I'll add about this, Josh. I asked Justin Reed, who I have just found to be gracious and honest in his time, uh, since he's been with the team. Um, and I just said, Hey, you play the same position. Is that preventative? Is what occurred on the field preventative? And he was like, "Yes. Look at my record. I've been on the league. I've been in the league five years now. I've had plenty of big hits. It's never been helmet to helmet, dog." So Good he disagreed him. with he disagreed with the call and said, uh, "Yeah, we were pissed." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "No more questions, Justin Reed." Yeah. Well. I did
3: appreciate like and he said it without and I Mahomes I know talked about it at length after the game, too, and they did it without being overly condemning of the player. Now, I do think uh, let me just say because it wasn't a dirty hit. Yeah, which I don't agree with. Given that the same dude tried to take MVS's head off a few minutes later. I mean maybe. And I get it. You're I, flying around, blah blah blah. I I, I mean
1: I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt to the defender in that spot frequently. I'm honestly willing to give it there. It also has to be a penalty because it is helmet to helmet contact and you're worried about that dude's brain on the ground. So that's yep. I'm 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 willing to lean towards that side of I it's it football happens so fast, man. Yep. You're going to say something else, Seth. I, I got you.
3: Oh, no, I just I, it, it. That really is it. Football happens fast. And it would be easy for us to focus on this all day. The Chiefs did a nice job kind of dealing with it, basically saying Mahomes. point was I'm not saying it was a dirty hit, but the rules are written the way they are to get those kinds of hits out of our game. And there's a reason for that. And I think that says it really well. And I think Justin Reed, who, again, Justin Reed has made some big hits. He's lit some dudes up. And to be able to say, check my record, I've never done something like that, yeah. like that lets you know that, you know, at the very least it was reckless. Yes. And and I understand that that defensive players, especially safeties, are put in an impossible position. Because you gotta be somewhat reckless. Like, you know, if you're a safety, you're a dude that weighs 210 pounds, and sometimes they're like, hey, go tackle Travis Kelsey. Okay. Like, you know, like you have to be a little reckless. But, you know, that this is the game because we understand more. But anyway, yeah. I I, I so I assume because Hardman's
2: probably going to be out too, right? Um, we'll have probably more information in the next episode. Um, I think they, okay, this is my best uh, understanding of it all, but you know, if this was a playoff game, could McCall Hardman play? I always love that sort of caveat. Like if it was a playoff game, like maybe, maybe he could have been out there. Um, I think he was held for sort of precaution towards the remainder of the season, not just mm-hmm. Sunday's game against Um So there's a, you know, I guess there's a chance he could play against the Chargers on Sunday night, uh, but we'll obviously know more, you know, when the team really does like it's, it's practice. I think, by the way, moving forward, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, Carlos Dunlap said this yesterday um, and, and we should tell, we should inform fans moving forward. The most important practice every week, for the remainder of the season is Thursday. Oh. Wednesday is mostly, you good? All right. Let's look at kind of the game plan. Let's kind of see some situational stuff. Hey, if we want to try something new, we might run through it at a maybe whatever the next pace is beyond walkthrough levels. But like the first, like legitimate practice is Thursdays now uh, because Andy is trying to, you know, project ahead for the rest of the season. Um, they're not going to be in pads a ton in practice now. Like, we're basing Christmas time, or excuse me, Thanksgiving time. Um, and you can anticipate, obviously, a postseason run. So, you you know you're probably going to play an additional game, if not more, than some other teams. Um, and I thought Carlos did a great job of saying, like, Andy gave us our legs back by not having us do a ton on Wednesday. Even though we were on the field, but much of the work was Thursday, and then you clean up some situational stuff, third down, red zone. Yeah, Hey, you know. I don't know if they go over fourth. I think they go over fourth down stuff on Thursday and Friday, if my memory's correct. Um, And and then, you know, if you're good Friday, obviously you play. You know, same thing would happen with Jerry Snead. Like, he was limited Thursday, but he practiced Friday, so he was fine. But Thursday is the most important practice. So I think in terms of McCole Hartman and most guys coming off injury, and this goes for, like, even Frank Clark, who will have to come in sort of acclimate himself back after coming from a two game suspension. Like if he practices in his full Thursday, that is that bodes well for their participation in Sunday's game. Okay. Um, That's,
1: This is also not Kadarius Tony related, but do you guys, uh, you guys think it's interesting that chiefs put in a waiver claim on Jerry Tillery? Uh, Schefter tweeted out just a little bit ago yeah, as we were doing that. the show. Raiders, uh, Lions, Panthers, Colts, Niners, Jets, Giants, and Chiefs put in waiver claims. For former Chargers first round pick Jerry Tillery. Anything to that that, that makes your,
3: your ears perk up at all? He a big body. Kick the tires. Yep. Yeah. He's a, and Tillery when he came out, um, I, I knew a little about him. I remember watching him as a rookie and I was pretty impressed. Um, he was kind of one of those guys with the high level functional strength, but moves pretty well too. Like, I mean, he looked like he kind of had a little bit of Chris Jones light in him, just the way he was built and the way he played. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously someone getting released and that kind of stuff that, you know, it makes you wonder, but mm-hmm. I, I, I would have been shocked if they didn't put in a claim considering you know, with Wharton out for the rest of the season and that kind of stuff. I just see, don't think we, it sounds we, a lot
1: like Brett Veach to try to go get a former first-round pick <laughs> that a team has moved on from. Anyway, can we talk about Kadarius Tony, please? I'm dying over here. I want to talk about Tony, What about Tony, Danny man. Shelton,
3: Josh? What I, about dude, Danny Shelton? The
1: other thing I was going to... I was either going to make it about Kadarius Tony or I was going to say that the Chiefs apparently have less love for Danny Shelton than I do because I am desperate to see that man on a football field wearing red. But uh, I, I'm not holding my breath anymore. I just would like to see it soon, please. That's all.
2: <laughs> oh
1: god <laughs> now we should talk about
3: canarius tony man
1: uh, as you mentioned obviously McCole hardman did not play in this game he was out of practice all week with an abdominal issue of some sort i think they might have soreness may have been the word i don't know i'm i'm not not a doctor and i won't play one on this podcast today but canarius tony we, we we had the conversation a little bit i think towards the end of of uh thursday's episode wondering what his workload might be without hardman out there if that was to be the case well, he ends up, yes, veggie tailing his way to a touchdown down the sideline. That was incredible. Um, the closest I've gotten on this one, by the way, is Carrotius Tony. It's not great. If anyone wants to send in more veggie tail name um puns for <laughs> Canarius Tony, I'm definitely listening. Yes. I don't love Carrotius Tony, but I'm that's where I'm starting the bidding. Okay. That's the that's the starting bid. Please do better than I did but he ends up going four for 57 and the touchdown he's involved in the running game as well as a 32 yard run on the ground. Um, Seth, you've hopped in on the film review side of this. He moves like a video game character. And uh, this one for me, I, it took two games for me to move my, uh, my barometer for what I was expecting slash hoping from Kadarius Tony this year. And it is higher than it was one week ago. And it's higher than it was uh, at the day of the trade. Certainly.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. So two weeks in to see Tony have that kind of day that was for some people, even kind of optimistic people, kind of like, a, well, you know, what's his ceiling to help the offense, right? Is to create some yards, you know, make some crazy moves, that kind of thing. Um, kind of, you know, McCall Hardman plus, Right. Although I I would say, you know, with Hardman, he gets a bad rap. So, but it would be easy for me to go down that rabbit hole. But people hear you say things like McColl Hardman plus, and they're like, oh no. But it's like, no, 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 no. McCole Hardman's really good at some things. And if you're McCole Hardman plus, I don't know, ball skills down the field. Or running through contact on routes. Now we're cooking with gas. And that's like because there's a lot of players in the NFL that are valuable role players. And if you took them and added one more thing, they would be excellent, excellent players because it's hard to be a great player in the NFL, right? You can be really good at some things, but you got to be really good at a lot of things. And it's just interesting to me to see two weeks into his career with the Chiefs. You gotta stop so you, hitting
1: your desk, man. You got to stop hitting your desk. I was going to mention it the next time you did, but you've you really been pounding that desk today and I love the <laughs> the energy, but I'm worried about the sound quality.
3: Oh, have I really? You've been uh, really
1: hit really thumping that thumping that uh that that podium today.
3: Oh, wow. I did not this, even This realize is a real that. And,
1: this is a real Andy Reed Wednesday energy you got.
3: Oh, okay. No, I'm sorry. I didn't even realize I didn't this sounds realize like a that.
2: guy who is in Radio broadcasting. That's a that's a radio, that's a radio. <laughs> Come on Andy, stop doing it! Please Andy, please. Look, no, look, Andy, I genuinely keep did not realize that, i so
1: I was gonna try to not interrupt you when you did it, but you were on a real roll.
3: Yeah. Um, back to the action. Yes, and so I'll go to valuable players. Um, I, no, I, mean, I, re-
1: I knew I was gonna throw off your, your train of thought. No, I feel no, like no, I made no the I'm the fine, wrong. I'm fine. It's really hard
3: to be really good in the NFL. And so too hard to do really good podcasts. It's it's all. So just two games into his time with the chiefs, I find it interesting to see him doing things that we were kind of hoping he would be doing in January. Yeah. Right. Um, And, and some of it, he was pressed into service. You know, it wasn't, I don't think, I think he saw some extra snaps with Juju being out. Obviously he saw some extra snaps with Hardman being out. You know, that's just kind of how it goes, obviously, in reverse order because Hardman was out the whole game. Um, And he saw a pretty heavy target share while he was in. Um, And I think, you know, with a week to prepare, if Juju's out this week, which I'm sure he will be and especially if Hardman's out, I think you're going to see an even higher target share. Hey, Sky Moore, here's your shot. You know what I mean? To like kind of redeem yourself a little bit from To, to block for Kadarius Tony downfield. (laughs) <laughs> to to demonstrate the traits that helped him succeed in college that had us excited about him after watching Christian Watson suddenly blow up mm-hmm. people can understand this hey, stuff takes time hey,
2: hey hey dog look who who was who was smiling the most in the chief's press box writing a little story last night he <laughs> called another one I told you guys oh uh, it took us 10 weeks but I, I was right one night. <laughs> you, you were, you were Nate um,
3: and, and it just, you know, Sky Moore's similar position, small school and he's buried. He, unlike Christian Watson, Sky Moore doesn't play by default in right. Kansas city. Cause Correct. you're playing behind multiple guys. So the thing with Tony though, I mean, to see him, it, I'm, I'm trying to think of a good way to phrase this, Kansas city's offense creates opportunities. Uh, especially with some of the stuff that they do with Hardman that they've done with Hill for years. It gives you some cheap opportunities on these jet sweep actions, on these quick wide receiver screens, on some of these RPO slant looks. They have some times where you get free opportunities to be one-on-one in space. Um, Like let's say you know Mahomes rolls out on a jet sweep action and you get the ball in the flat with one defender in front of you. That's a free opportunity. What different players do with that opportunities is different. Some players, they manage to, you know, grind out, you know, seven or eight yards out of it. Some players make the first guy miss and get 15 yards out of it. And some guys do what Tony did. And the the, the spin... And you obviously know what play I'm talking about. This is the one that everyone probably remembers from the game. Either that or the catch down the It's
1: field. So, real quick, Seth, I reading the story before the show today, I made a mental note to make sure that we talked about your assumption there. I that was absolutely the third of three plays that wow. I was thinking of with Kadarius Tony behind the touchdown, partially just because it was hilarious. Yes. and the sideline, which we'll talk about. But yes. I just it's so good that he had three legit contenders. And none of those were the the thirty yard run.
3: Yep. Yeah, and none of those are the thirty yard run on, on a jet sweep action. So like this is just where he gets the ball in the flat, and he's got a defender in front of him, and he is just exceptional at making. If you if he's one on one in space with one defender, it's a mismatch. Regardless, it's of just the a miss. Period. Yeah. Well, and the great thing here is the way he made this defender miss. He absorbs some contact. He yeah. is he is water. And that's how I described it. There's some guys who can keep running and bend their body to absorb contact. I'm not making a player-to-player comparison here. But one reason Jamal Charles was able to shake so many tackles while being a smaller back. One, he was stronger than he got credit for, which Tony is as well. But he also had such great bounce through contact. And he could bend his body around contact to where it just didn't hit him as hard. You are not, like Pacheco drives and he runs hard. But when he gets hit, he gets hit. Like he's not water. He is another brick wall running into this brick wall and <laughs> one a, of them wins.
2: He's a he's a he's a
3: sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah, he's a sledgehammer and it works. And he's another guy we could talk about who had a really good game. But with Tony, he can, he's stronger than he looks because he's not a tiny receiver. He's a small receiver. He's not a tiny one, but he can absorb the contact, and run around it. And that was a great, you know, first play there. And he's got the burst to get up the sideline. Those are two, like, okay, we're we've got something here. Hey, I've watched
1: this loop like 20 times earlier and also again now, mnchiefsfan.substack.com, the newsletter. This this one's unlocked for everybody because Seth hates money and the gifts are incredible. (laughs) If Sky Moore sticks with
3: his block here, does Kadarius Tony score? I think he might. I think I think Moore thought that he ran out of bounds. He thought the play was over. over. I'll tell you yeah, what. He,
2: he stopped. He yeah, just, just you
3: what.
1: What. I'm not looking to pile on the rookie, but if he hasn't figured out that when you're in a Chiefs uniform, the offensive play is never over, yeah. that actually kind of makes me mad. Because There's, this might yeah.
3: have been a 70-yard touchdown. There's and, and it would have been tough because even if Moore keeps driving there, although he's in a, he's in position. If he drives there, the guy's flashing his helmet to the outside. So it's probably just another three or four yards. Cards, maybe, but, but given he's what he had just—Are you kidding me? Given what he had just done to two defenders, <laughs> I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. Anyway, that's the most important part. I just didn't yeah. realize that until like the twentieth loop of the play. Yeah, and the spin is what's the crazy. The spin move is it's it's that's it. where it's a it's, video, yeah. game it's video
2: game move.
0: It's video game stuff. Oh. Arrowhead
3: went oh, like I mean <laughs> that was, and then even the way he uses Moore's block afterwards. Yeah. He, to gain a few extra yards there to kind of fake in, go out. He really has genuinely extraordinary movement skills that are just weird and unique. And because the Chiefs offense creates opportunities and he's a guy who not just maximizes those opportunities, but he like there, there's there's plus there. There's elite ability with the, with the ball in his hands. It's a terrific fit. And that's if you leave out all the other stuff he showed in just Um,
2: one game. Patrick said yesterday that he doesn't feel the need to force it. Now that is, there's two ways to look at this. It's, hey, I don't need to force it because I have legitimately 10 weapons Mm. on a given day who could do something for me and the team to move the ball forward to get into the end zone. It also demonstrates to me that he has all the power now. No more of this getting to the huddle and telling me what to do.
1: I'm going to sit here in silence to expand on that more, just so you know.
2: Patrick Mahomes has already proven himself to be the leading MVP candidate through 10 weeks. And if you're open, you get the ball. And that was the way the offense was supposed to be designed when this all really began in the offseason. The idea that that Travis Kelsey, who I'm kind of extending this to, can say, I'm going to run about five routes today. That don't really include me. And I'ma run them hard. And I'm gonna attract all this gravity so that Noah Gray succeeds, so that Marquez Valdez Scantless succeeds, so that they don't even look at Cardarius Tony, even though like we're all <laughs> just, you know, like mind-boggling athleticism and, and dynamic traits. But like he like this is it. He's the best quarterback on third down. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the red zone. He's one of the best quarterbacks outside the pocket. Mm -hmm. Run the play. Be available for me. You can do something. And now he's even more, I think, assured. Because this is the fastest he has ever developed chemistry with someone. And that is saying something, given that, yes, Tyreek Hill used to be on the team. And yes, his first, I would like to say, official pass in the NFL was an RPO slant that went to the crib. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That took a year. That took a whole year. And they used it wisely because he was a rookie and they could they could use that. And he had a whole training camp. Kadarius tony has been here less than a month. And he's like, see? See? So it further, I think, proves his thought process and how much the team has sort of invested and trusted in him in terms of how the offense will move going forward. But it also demonstrates to the other nine playmakers, including McCole Hardman, who will come back, including Juju Smith-Schuster, that, like, I will I will make it work. Just do it the right way. And no one needs to come to me to prove a point.
3: I think what's really cool about all that, in, as, along with kind of some of the, I think some of the implications that I don't think we need to necessarily go into, I think one of the cool things about that is you have arguably the greatest pass catching tight end to ever live in that huddle. And you know, it's still not like that. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like to where, you know, you'll see Kelsey clap his hands in frustration if he was open, but like, I mean, he's always done that. But like, when you think about what that means to have Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes in that huddle. And if you're a new dude who comes in and you see Travis Kelsey, isn't like, Hey man, Pat, you got to feed me. And it's Travis kelsey who whatever receiver you are has had more yards and catches and touchdowns than you over the last five years yep unless and, and like who comes into i don't is there anyone that could come into the huddle that that would be different and he and he's doing that he's like oh yeah nope let's get these guys open my, my guy noah gray got open because i ran my route hard like he was celebrating that last week like it, it, there tends to be some buy-in there. And that is really interesting. And then that maybe that's how you end up with situations where Kadarius Tony is so open. But the naked entire, open. Oh, people were screaming at Mahomes. Look right, look right. Like we as a society need to figure out exactly one thing to scream at Mahomes in that moment. Like... Like, so everyone's yelling the same thing at once. So it's not just noise. Because wouldn't it be cool if, if let's say that same play happened and all of Arrowhead had decided in advance to say, you know, Tony, right, sideline. <laughs> just like all at once. <laughs> well, on, the, that, on the
1: touchdown, Mahomes said he heard Tony yell at him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah he said it was like the fifth read on that play. He was working through and he, and he heard him, he said.
3: Oh, I remember that. I heard that. I was listening to this great post game show driving back. And at least she would have listened to my post game show instead,
1: but whatever. <laughs> which, but
2: which, yeah. by, which, by the way, Josh, I mean I'm going to have to get to it towards the end, but the cut-ins in Buffalo were just oh. fantastic. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Shout out to the Drake. They're, uh, like, yeah, that game
1: was oh yeah, hey everybody, the Chiefs have the number one seed in the AFC again. Yep. No biggie. That's yep. That happened.
2: Yeah, in a rebuilt year. Um, yeah. That in some re- people said. Um, you know, so or retooling year is probably the better uh the better phrase. But yeah, like just just the idea, Josh, that we could go to West like go go to Northern New York and just let's <laughs> let you know, I just this is where it gets into the nerd factor and that's fine. Because I think some things are more enjoyable a second and a third time. It's like music in a lot of ways. Like, you know, you listen to a song and it kind of moves you, but like you get a greater sense, you get a greater appreciation for how it all comes together. I know the result in my car <laughs> after <laughs> spending time trying to put whatever the hell that was together. <laughs> which I basically explained uh, I explained to Skylar Berg, one of the Chiefs interns in the communication public relations staff. I said, well, you know, Skylar, this is why they pay you, because <laughs> they were supposed to win by 10. They won by in this is based on the betting line. They won by ten,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and now what? Like, what? What is you know? What is? Um, and it was weird, obviously. So I gotta, I gotta like acknowledge that to some degree. But to to just drive home and just hear you say. We're going back to Buffalo because the game's still being played. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent, and of course, you know, reliving that game in an audio medium versus you know the visual that we normally get. Um, but yes, knowing the end result, and then yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to, you know, I'm gonna have to end the show with an apology because my goodness,
3: oh wow, okay, oh we got a Nate apology loading right. That's exciting. I. Uh- I, I before we get off, Tony, and I don't know how much more we want to talk about him.
1: I could talk about him for the rest of the hour, but we probably shouldn't.
3: Yeah, I just <laughs> want to point out two things about him because I mentioned like all that stuff that we saw in just the one play. Right. And we've seen him move like that already previously. Those those are the obvious things that he flashed. Um, And the, the great catch down the field. Right. The ball skills there. That's something I wrote about when they signed him. I was like, I didn't expect him to have the kind of ball skills that he does, like the ability to track and adjust to the ball in the air and strong hands, like attacking at the highest point. He really, he showed that last year with the Giants in limited opportunities. I, and, and he showed it in college too. I'm not sure. I don't think this is a mistake. So when you're looking for things like the whole idea of Hardman plus, right, that's not really McCall Hardman's game. It's just not that that's a skill like anything else. And that's one of the plus things, right? Ball skills, which by the way, makes you a better down the field threat because you might adjust. Here's something really cool. I want to point out two things. And this is, they're both in the article. On that jet sweep, when he's running behind Kelsey, he slows down. Mm -hmm. And you might think, well, Seth, that's terrible. He slowed down. No, it's awesome. Because he just slowed down and ran the exact speed the runner in front, the blocker in front of him was running because and just fast enough to stay away from the guys behind him and just kept that blocker between him and uh, him and the defender all the way down the field until there were no longer options that's a second level instinct thing that tons of guys don't have the other thing when you watch that 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 catch down the field great ball skills right i mean he jumps catches at the highest point when you watch his hands as the ball comes in he doesn't start reaching up for the ball until it's almost there, and he's ready to start his jump. Yep. And because of that, the defender couldn't know the ball. Ha- was has no idea. Yep. That's that's veteran receiver stuff. That is don't flash your hands to the last second. The, like he he shows not just this freakish ability with the ball in his hands, but you see the raw materials for oh wait a minute, like. Really good ball skills, really good hands that with ordinary route running with with his level of speed and quickness creates a good receiver, like a really good one. And that's before you factor in the freakish ability with the ball in his hands. It really was. It was an interesting game. And we'll see. I'm expecting like a two steps forward, one step back kind of process here. But. I, it also looked like there were a lot. I wasn't following Twitter that closely during the game. It's probably why I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. Um, but there were a few people who cover the league that were like, yep, the league just gave the Chiefs Tony. That's great. And I think we're going to be seeing more of that in the coming weeks. Now there was,
1: uh, right, if he can stay healthy. And I if think also I think also that, that sideline pass, I, th- I think that's my one if I get to pick. Because one thing you didn't mention, I'm sticking to my analogy on this one. It, he he came down with the ball like when you know you have your Tetris piece where you want it to be, and you can just hit down, and it'll just drop it like where it goes faster than gravity and then the gravity of the game. I just, everything about that play surprised me. Every His, his <laughs> adjustment, his elevation, his hands, adjusting his gloves mid-rep, uh, and then going up and getting it, bringing it back down and just... Just playing with Jupiter gravity all of a sudden to get his feet in in like a total no sweat way. I just maybe it was because I didn't know he had that. Mm-hmm. The spin move was incredible. But if you said Canary's Tony's got a spin move that'll make you shout to the heavens, I'd, I would have believed you.
2: Here, I didn't know he had all that. Here's yeah. the question, though, Josh. Did the Giants know he had all that? I don't know. Because again, because again, like how many how many how many quarterbacks could do this? Like, right. that's, a many, that's a good point. That's a good point. Was there ever a quarterback
1: going to make him do
2: that? Yes. How yeah, many quarterbacks point. can do this? Hmm. Like, I. and This was like the biggest takeaway I had from the game. And it's what I ended up writing, which is just like, this is not the same offense as the one I saw on opening day. And they scored 40 on opening day. Right. Yeah. But well, this they, offense is yeah. different. And yet. More balanced and yet has more weapons now than it did in the start of this season, and obviously more connections between those players and the quarterback. And by the way, like we might have RB1 for the first time all year, like yep. kind of announced to close games when the other team knows you're running the football. That was awesome.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone?
1: Let's go ahead and, and move into the backfield. Because, Seth, uh, when you said, oh, there are, you know, some people around the league tweeting out, oh, I can't believe what the Chiefs get that guy. I remember hearing that uh pretty late in the evening in uh, April of 2020 uh, around Clyde edwards helaire And that time I didn't buy it. And I'm going to go ahead and buy the Canary's Tony hype because this seems more fun on this side of history. Uh, I The dynamicism was was a blast. But this is a weird one for the running back rotation. Even if we read all the signs for what was coming this isn't what I expected. Um, Isaiah Pacheco in this game gets 16 carries, 82 yards, uh, and then Jarek McKinnon gets a single carry. He was uh, way up there in snap counts, though. It, it basically felt like on first and second downs, Pacheco was out there. And on third downs, it was McKinnon, which is funny because we had conversations about Ronald Jones um, doing some of that with with Clyde being the first and second down guy this offseason. I remember yep. those, those conversations feeling yeah. like we were really onto something. Pacheco showing up certainly changed the math. Um but then Clyde edwards E'Laire gets no carries and I believe four total snaps with two targets in that game. Um after the game Reed talked about, you know, getting Pacheco and uh, all of that work and obviously they've been trusting McKinnon. He said that that Having Clyde get no carries was not by design. Um, on some level, I believe him. I would also say, though, if the design of these last couple of weeks has been we trust Jerick McKinnon and we want Isaiah Pacheco to get the ball more often— then that design does have a mandatory uh, follow-up action to go along with that because you don't have infinite carries. And the Chiefs were more effective, by the way. Didn't run the ball a lot more than they did, um, much to Eric Bieniemy's concrete chagrin. <laughs> um, but they ran it more effectively in this game with Pacheco being the main guy. Uh, you guys unpack it, Seth. You've got a little less time on your uh, on the remaining of your your day here, so why don't you tell me what you were seeing there from uh, from in the stadium? And then Nate try to explain to us what the Chiefs are doing there.
3: Uh, I would just note that part of it is, you know, the Titans just outplayed them last week Yep. because no one ran the ball effectively, um, but they, they, they were blocking better. And sometimes it really is that simple. And that's, you know, and to your point when much, when you had your, your significant amount of chagrin back in that April of 2020, it was the idea is you're so reliant on your run blocking as a runner, unless you're Jamal Charles. And no one is <laughs> like, you know, except no for Tony, like you what said about, right
2: What about Barry Sanders,
3: man? What about yeah, Barry yeah, Sanders? You know, he's always comes with the caveat. Yes, obviously, Barry, but I am I will did stump blocks at times. I will stump <laughs> Jamal Charles every chance I get. But and so that's a problem. And so they were they were blocking better. They were hitting some of those inserts and poles that they just weren't hitting against the Titans. Um, I would be willing to bet, and I haven't gone back and looked specifically, but that I'm gonna find Trey Smith sticking a few more of those poles, right? And that's just just such a big part of it. But also, he made some really nice cuts working with what he had. And he runs hard, he explodes fast up the field, and he seems to, by and large, at least the last three or four weeks, (laughs) he seems to be going to the right spot. I'm
2: sorry. I'm sorry! (laughs) Oh! My guy Paul Gutierrez from ESPN.com Quote, just had a conversation (laughs) with Raiders owner Mark Davis on Josh McDaniel's status. Oh,
1: thank God. I thought this was going to be Chiefs news. I wasn't ready.
2: Quote, this is from Mark Davis, son of Al Davis. Quote, people in today's world want instant gratification. Son, that sounds like your father. All right, continuing the quote. The guys coached nine games. We're two and seven. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. With you so far. Yep. (laughs) Not the results we're looking for, but at the same time, we've lost six games where we've had the ball with the chance to win at the end. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, And he uh, he, he an offensive coach, right? Right? He not one of these (laughs) Brendan Staley types. (laughs) Uh, Paul says, I asked uh, Mark Davis about the, quote, dreaded vote of confidence, end quote. And he laughed, saying, quote, I give him the full vote of confidence when I sign him to a contract to be the coach of the Raiders, end quote. His final quote, from Mark Davis, quote, Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> just wanted to re, just, you know, I figured Chiefs fans probably wanted to wanted to hear that. Well, um, look, yeah,
1: I think we can all agree that this offseason was really all about the, the Raiders burning it down to the foundation and rebuilding Rome. That's definitely the vibe I got when they traded for Devontae
2: Adams, who I believe is 30. With, with some first round picks <sighs> attached to it.
3: Yeah, man. Then they gave him a massive. Like they honestly, like they're they they were one of three teams that were just all in, baby. Twenty twenty two was the year of the rest of the AFC West, and
2: yeah, Mont Adams is almost thirty now. Christmas now because, Eve, baby. Now because I I interrupted, um, Trey can uh, excuse me. Dang, there's so many names in my head. Seth, can I read you a quote from Trey Smith from the locker room? I would love to hear a quote from Trey yesterday. Smith? Oh yeah. To, to sort of circle back to your point. This is a quote from Trey Smith. You're probably going to read it at some point in a website called theathlete.com. Trey Smith from the locker room says, quote, he's tough and resilient. I love playing with Pac-Man. The energy he brings, it's infectious. It's something that, def- that definitely affects us as offensive linemen. When you see a guy working their butt and they're working for that extra yard. It makes you want to block harder. It's definitely something that inspires us, end quote. Hmm. Seth, what'd that sound like?
3: That sounds like Trey Smith likes blocking for Isaiah Pacheco.
1: It sounds like a better vote of confidence than what Mark Davis gave for Josh McDaniels.
2: <laughs> it's, we, just, we just asked him about, hey, what'd you think about Isaiah Pacheco today? Saying that give him the ball. That, that was his quote. Keep yep. giving this man the ball.
3: Yep. And, you know, that's the funny thing is, I mean, if if Smith, because they rely on Smith for a lot of the pulling stuff that they do for one reason or another, because and I'm assuming just with the way that, you know, you got one side of the line basically sealing off the other side, you know, you bring the pulling guard and they want Orlando Brown side to be the one sealing guys off. Right. That's why it's more often Trey Smith than Joe Tooney being the polar because Joe Tooney's great at it. If Trey Smith plays well in the run game, the Chiefs run the ball well overall. But Pacheco seems to maximize it and they just they, they, they are a problem when they're clicking on the cylinders. They were Sunday. Really, the only reason they didn't score more points is because they could not stop turning the ball over like what is it four times? That is a that is an three, offensive
2: number three, of times. 3 turnovers. To turn the ball over. Th- 3 turnover margin. Minus 3. 1 by 10. I suppose that, but, but if you include the uh the the onside, the onside kick The onside the kick, sure. Yeah. Stolen possession. Yeah. Yeah, they
3: they gave up four possessions in a in a league where you normally have like 10 possessions, 11 possessions a game. They gave up almost like half of another game. And they still hung 27. Should have been 28. Like, it, it was just, they their offense looked way better than how the final score was because, you know, you, you fumble in the red zone and then you fumble, Fortson's fumble. I love Jody Fortson, but dang it. La, um, la, 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 la. Yeah. It
1: sure is crazy that the Chiefs had a ghost fumble a kickoff. That's weird because <laughs> I didn't see a person ever have the ball. I, the refs screwed that one up, man. I should have it's, a Chiefs ball. They never touched it.
2: Seth, they had 10 possessions. 10. Fumble, yeah. touchdown, punt, touchdown. Punt, touchdown, fumble, touchdown, interception, end of game. Yeah,
3: and that and that pick, I, I know. Um, I know Greg Olson did some analysis on it that that he doesn't really think that was necessarily on Mahomes as much. I knew that was a pick the second he threw it. It so, was a
2: lollygag play. Yeah,
1: that that's was a lollygagging. He, he said he had some sort of PG thirteen way of describing. It. I might have just been. I don't remember. You might remember Nate what what Mahomes said about it. But he he was more critical of of it than he was on the. Uh, let's go back to the pick that was Sky Moore's fault. Mm. Just by but just by Mahomes' way of talking about it, I thought he felt like that was at least mostly on him.
3: Yep. Yeah. Now I mean it, it could have been worse. There there were worse interceptions thrown in well, the NFL so, yesterday. So
1: I can't think of I can't think of any. Um, tell me this thing, guys, because I know I know that that Seth, you're on a time crunch and we're hitting the end of the show anyway. But we haven't talked about the defense at all, which we probably should because they played really good football and the offensive line we just mentioned there in the running game. But like, hey, you guys hear much about the Jags Josh Allen yesterday? Because I heard more about the other Josh Allen yesterday, which I think is probably a good sign that we should maybe go ahead and say Orlando Brown Jr. is not the worst left tackle in football. We should probably go ahead and just settle that in. Also, I know, thank you. Well, if you've been on Chiefs Twitter lately, it might be. Um, In the meantime... Andrew Riley goes out with an elbow injury. Prince Tego Winogo shows up and is promptly forgettable, which I mean as a tremendous compliment for yeah. a backup right tackle. Yes. I, was, I was watching him for the next drive and then I forgot to watch him the next time out because nothing happened. Um, so I'm I'm curious if you guys, how you guys would, would bring the day together for the offense because we've talked about some very, very good things, but also 27 points and, and all those punts and the turnovers you just mentioned in there, plus the, the, the free possession at the beginning. It, it wasn't an overwhelming offensive day. Was, not everything was super easy, but it seems like we've been pretty positive on it so far. So I, I want to know how you parse that. And then I do want to give the defense at least a couple of minutes of, of honest
3: evaluation. Sure. Um, I would just say that it's worth noting that, man, I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm going through Orlando Brown snaps right now, just looking one after another after another. And and the non-Buffalo Josh Allen did not have a good time against him. At least That's so what far. That's I was As a, seeing. yeah. Yeah, it just, I mean, and maybe Brown's healthy now, I don't know, but I would note with some of the punts, you know, Kadarius Tony and Jeff Allen tweeted about this during the game. It's like, Tony ain't Almost used to those. no look. Almost certainly, Kadarius looks. Tony didn't tweet about it during the <laughs> <Well>, game. <laughs> Jeff <laughs> Allen yeah, tweeted about this. He said, Kadarius <laughs> Tony ain't used to those no look passes because Tony yeah. had a drop that affected a drive um, and MVS had a drop that affected a drive where you know some of the punts you you saw some of that or it was more self-inflicted I wouldn't say there were a lot of drives where the jags stopped them and so I think is that's that why... not
1: concerning in itself though oh hey quick cross promo uh you know what I listened to today had a wonderful time listening to Mitchell Schwartz on the athletic football show yeah uh, breaking down the week and and they they save the chiefs up till the very end here's just a taste of it you should go listen to it it's really excellent Mitch is great um he he said that that he was a little bit a little bit worried about the chiefs because it's i can't remember the exact word he used was but it was basically sloppy it, he even mentioned the coin toss like the the little the little self-inflicted mistakes because i i hear you seth i don't i never felt like the jags were were beating the chiefs offense but whenever the Chiefs lose a crusher in the playoffs, we're not, I don't think we're going to say they just got handled by the NFC team that they met in the Super Bowl or some AFC South gremlin. I think we're going to say the Chiefs beat themselves. We say that all the time. Yeah. So I don't know, if does that that doesn't come to worry you out of this
3: game? You know, it's just something that I've really come to accept about the Chiefs DNA over the course of the last couple of years. Like yeah. once once they've kind of perfected things around Mahomes, and weirdly, really with even the team that they've beaten, the more comfortable the pieces have gotten around him is the teams don't beat the chiefs. If they get stopped. Now it, there's some differences, like the Bills played a good game against them, but there was some self-inflicted stuff there too. I, I would just say I'm worried about the special teams more than I am about the offense Because Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. Sure. Ooh. this was another Ooh. special teams game where you're like, really? And, and there were multiple, I mean, this is the second game where the special teams has taken points off the board. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's concerning. I've just seen Dave, I've seen, I've seen the Chiefs special team under Dave Taub. It always seems to come around. And so I think I've like developed like kind of like, okay, well, Tony's returning punts now. He's clearly very comfortable with it. Like adjusting (laughs) to the ball in the air. He also, he also just decided he wanted to live the Jon Snow uh, yes. you know, standing up to the Calvary. He's comfortable it. tracking the ball off the ground, too. Good Lord. And he bought them like six yards with it. But I was like, good God, man. It's not that important. Like, I kind of liked I, it. I, 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 I think no, he's he got something too to prove. Much fun. No, he, he's yeah. got something to prove. That dude. Yeah, like, he wanted he wanted the ball
1: in his hands. He didn't know how many times he was going to get it. So, like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, I see six yards and I'll get hit. Sure. Like, yep. maybe and, you don't do that in your 14th game. But
3: game two, I'm, I, I like it. <laughs> I kind of do. Um... And so I'm not that worried about it. I'm worried about the special teams, but just because I've seen so many years, um, some of those things happen and just get locked up by the end of the season that I'm not that worried about it um, because there was enough of it with special team stuff. And, you know, drops are drops. Sometimes they're just going to happen. So I I should be more worried, but I'm not. I have to go here in a minute. I know you guys are going to talk about the defense and Nate's, I'm sure, going to have something better than I did to say about that. I just want to say... George Karloftis cannot stop impacting games without getting sacks, and mm-hmm. it would re- it really make me feel better if he collected a couple. It was great seeing Carlos Dunlap, He kind of doing his thing. He's been pretty steady. Yep. But also, and I'll, I'll leave you guys with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give my thoughts, and I'm gonna hang up and listen. I love. Uh, I'll just be listening later on.
1: Just end it with great show, guys, and I'll I'll feel right at home.
3: Yes. <laughs> or or end it with okay show, guys, and I'll feel right at yeah, home. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Chris Jones deserves to be the, in the defensive player of the year conversation because he just, well, he just does. He is one of the best five defensive players in the NFL. He is by far the best player on his team, on, on the defensive side of the ball. And he just, he ends Drives. And if it's not him doing it, it's it's the quarterbacks running for his life away from Chris Jones and someone else does it. And it's just so much fun to watch. And I'm just I'm just excited. So with that. Thanks, Seth. Seth in
1: Minnesota here live on Times Ours. Nate, your thoughts.
2: Um, Seth's really onto some good points here, and I'll just I'll just add a couple, uh, Josh, because you know, it's now been uh, proven through the service that is Pro Football Focus. I'm just I'm just providing the information, guys. Say it.
1: Yes, I hope I know what this is. I got to guess
2: that George Karloftis is a leader among all rookie pass rushers in pressures this season. That surprises me. That's not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, interesting. Um. Yeah. And, and so, um. Carlos Dunlap even said yesterday that, that yes, eventually soon keep working at it, young fella. Uh, the moment will come for, for George Kaloftis. Um, yeah. I mean, we haven't talked about Trent McDuffie again. I I sort of intimated that this would be another step, uh, for him because, you know, Christian Kurt, you know, Zay Jones were competent receivers in the Tennessee Titans, uh, currently have on their roster Mm -hmm. and he played really well. um, He's such a smooth defender. Is probably the best way that I can describe it. Um, but no, from 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 the special team side of it, this is just who Harrison Bucker is. We're just gonna all have to accept it and I don't like look for look for improvement elsewhere. Because I don't, I just don't know if he'll be fully healthy at any point the remainder of the season and. Uh, if the Chiefs score five touchdowns against the Chargers, one of them is going to be a missed extra point. You know, like you can just, you can probably just mark that. Uh, I don't know how he'll do in the, in the, it'll be, you know, in SoFi, obviously it'll be in a controlled setting. There won't be um, much wind Uh, Then there is an Arrowhead, but we didn't see him kick field goals yesterday. But in pregame, it looked a bit shaky at times, Josh. Okay. And I don't think I can name three guys who block well on special teams. Huh? Interesting. So Dave Tobe's all about applying pressure to the coverage team from a return standpoint. I mean, we can. We, I guess we'll see if Kandarius Tony can make something out of nothing. If he can do a updated version of Dante Hall, but. These guys cannot block well. And with Chris Lammons being in the concussion protocol, likely not to play against the Chargers, I don't know if the coverage is gonna be any better. I mean, I guess we're counting on Dion Bush, Leo Chanel, who by the way, credit to you, sir. You played a lot better against the Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans. And like Jack Cochran, these are the special team stars of the season. And that is a far cry from previous years.
1: Uh, I just want to also mention that Chris Jones was just a man possessed, and that's not new. It just also happened, as we've all talked about now. I just would have felt so dirty getting to the end of this show, not having mentioned how good Chris Jones was in that game. Uh, And then also, I'll go ahead and and also mention, um, although the rotation wasn't exactly what I expected it to be, I think the snap count... Um, Joshua Williams has jumped back over Jalen Watson, at least in usage against the Jags. I don't know if that was adjusting to the slot. I think Justin Reed was in the slot some, and that was the place where the Jags were having some success. But all that together, as you said, off-season jokes notwithstanding, a receiving core of Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, and Christian Kirk that that those are three guys you have to cover, which I'm not yep. sure I could have said about the Jags last or the, the Titans last week. Exactly. It's not the Bills, right? It's not the Bills or the or the uh the Vikings or anything, but like, you know, a real test for those guys, they held up pretty well um with a few exceptions. He'll take 17 points. That's that's fine. And the running yeah. defense, which we uh have talked about sparingly cuz it's not the most important part of it, frankly, but once again, you have Travis Etienne who comes into this game doing nothing but running rushing for 100 yards and scoring a touchdown. And the Chiefs just made him a totally forgettable part of that offense. Um, we said this last week around the Titans: the big plays are the only thing that really hurt the Chiefs on the ground against Tennessee. There were no big plays on the ground from Travis Etienne. His longest run of the day was 10 yards, 11 for 45. One of them went 10. That's a great unit. Um, and now Colin Saunders has claimed the CEO title of Stuff Nation, and uh, I like that. So I'm uh, I'm I'm co-signing that that front. I. I feel pretty good about the Chiefs defense. I mean, there there are elements of uh the front four that I'm terrified of still. I, I wish this team had another edge rusher who just could could single-handedly make something happen. Um, but even like Saunders' sack was very clearly the the benefit of, of Chris yeah. Jones getting double teamed. Yes. He, all he does is get double teamed or get sacks. So <laughs> I that is the part of the defense that, that still gives me a little bit of pause, but overall Chris Jones playing like Chris Jones can make that whole unit better
2: yeah exactly um and and this this is you're kind of saying the same thing that my dad said earlier uh Josh you know he texted me earlier today because you know uh, I think most people know he he re-watches the games uh like, <laughs> like you know like we do basically um and he texted me and he's like I he, he texted me and said I, I never thought our defense would be this good hmm. this year like yeah. You know, with the with obviously the ten draft picks and most of them being on defense and you know, yeah, you added one guy, one legitimate guy in Justin Reed and um I think I think steady is a perfect word for Carlos Dunlap based on his role and his amount of snaps. But like, you know, that's where the retooling was supposed to be most evident, um when it came to this twenty twenty two campaign for the Chiefs. Like, hey, the offense They should receive the benefit of the doubt because of Mahomes, because of BNME, because of Reed. But, like, it might be a real retool year based on the defense. And they're one of the wildest statistical uh, evaluations, Josh, because it's like they give up yards, but they also don't give up points. Or if they give up points, it's not in an embarrassing fashion, at least so far in the season. So they're not a top-10 defense, but they're also not a – Bottom 10 defense, but like look at any metric of the Chiefs' defense, and it's kind of hard to like piece together who they are. Mostly because you know, Billy Gay was out four weeks, Frank Clark's been out. Uh, you're depending on a lot of rookies to blossom over the course of the season. Um, but hey, we projected them together, both of us. We projected them to hold the Jaguars to 17 points because we're smart, they held them to 17 points. So, uh, I don't know what we got up our sleeves on Thursday, <laughs> but, but yeah, the, the Chiefs defense was really not a part of the weirdness at all. It was only special teams offense and the Jags being like, well, we're supposed to lose anyway. So why do we have to give them the ball first?
1: <laughs> okay. So you just, you just reminded me of this. I didn't even really fully do this. I'm to do this a little bit on post game. Here's my final thought. Mr. Doug Peterson. I appreciate you listening or whoever sent you this clip i'm grateful for it because i have some questions <laughs> you open the game with an yep. onside kick uh-huh. the the universal sign of let's make this bleep weird yep. let's make we, this we, bleep the underdogs. For us. we get it we know we are who we coming in plus nine and a half but yep. we got some dudes over here this game is by no means a pushover but we know we're the underdogs the Chiefs just did a weird thing by maybe accidentally giving us the football to start or taking the football to start. <laughs> what if we take it back? All right. And it works. Okay. All right. Weird game territory. It's got to
2: be four down territory from the start, my guy.
1: We get going into this game and Doug Peterson could not be bribed to go for it on fourth and nothing. I I don't know. The... the I'm I'm probably skipping further down than I actually have to here, because you know fourth and sixteen after the Dunlap Jones sack they got a punt there. The next time out they end up going for the field goal and they they miss it. Three and out, third and long would have been fourth and long. I get it. Short punt though, not working. Clearly the punting field position game for the to this point has not worked for the Jags. They are down fourteen nothing with the football. It's fourth and a half yard. They punt. That's when Kadarius Tony scooped it up on the sidelines and got a few more yards after that. You punt on fourth and inches I think they're in their own territory, but not deeply into this is not an in your own 20 situation. And then even late in the game, when the game is just about over, it happens again. Fourth and seven this time, but from smack dab midfield down 17 with 12 minutes left. Hey, punt. It happened again, midfield early. I don't remember the exact down and distance was I'm scrolling through my notes again. Mm. How can you open the game with the unzip and then (laughs) zip that thing all the way back back up up to the bottom of your jaw as soon as the game actually starts? Like just pick a way to live your life. Either lock it up forever or go ahead and let this thing loose. But, but Dougie P, I don't, I was confused. I was confused, and when I, when there's no logic, maybe that means the coach has lost the plot already. But if you can't let Trevor Lawrence, and you're, this is, this team is three and six, what are we what are we waiting for? Why not? Why are you getting your punter extra work right now? <laughs> On fourth and gotta have it. Punting didn't work. Oh man, oh it didn't, like, it didn't even like ruin my day. Like I wasn't pissed about it. I just right. keep looking at it going. Are you sure? Cause these feel easy. These are like easy when you're the losing underdog in a lost season from a playoff perspective. Mm-hmm. Who are who are you hiding from here? Is is Tony is Tony Khan just Jim Ursay and Teal and I don't know it? I I don't know, that confused me That's my last thought though You've got some apologies to give I guess I'm sure we got a whole shout out uh, Just into the mixtape I mean whatever you got Nate I'll I'll say this here (laughs) There's way more stuff from this game That we haven't covered nearly enough That has been covered up on the Athletic There's way more on the the evolution of the offense What Canarius Tony brought to it Nate's already got that up in the Athletic from right after the game, plus more coming the rest of the week. Seth already has his Kadarius Tony review up. That's unlocked for everybody up in the Chief in the North newsletter. That's available right now. And again, more from both these guys the rest of the week. Uh, I'm on vacation, so the only content you're going to get from me, Mike. We'll, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, I'm not. I'll tell you what, I'm not doing. These fingers aren't. These fingers aren't here to type this week. We'll. We'll oh, see. These yeah. fingers are here to to get some sun and hold a mimosa. Uh, but I uh I, I do know we will have times ours for you later in the week as well we'll, we'll look back a little more at this game what, what comes up for you guys uh in the uh, the re-reviews plus of course look ahead to a now primetime matchup with the Chargers uh by Nate Taylor at real MN Chiefs fan at JB Briscoe those are the Twitter handles and I think that's pretty much everything so uh Nate who do you have to apologize to
2: <sighs> first off I want to say uh, I think there's going I think uh, I have a Nick Bolton feature for Ooh. everybody to reach out uh, and check out later this week so please do that if you have some time. Yeah. Uh I found it to be mm, pretty fascinating like Nick Bolton as a as a part of the Chiefs defense. Um Okay. I'm I'm going to read you the stat line. It's oh. y- you know, it's this is an appreciation through an apology. Sir, I I I, I use your name to compare you to. No, oh man, Nate, you to don't mis- have to do this to Mister Humphreys from the nineteen nineties, early nineties, lost you know San Diego Chargers. Uh, I know that there are were bigger heroes, you know Patrick Peterson, Ring of Honor Chiefs. Inductee. Yes. Honorary uh, chief. Honorary Rivers. chief. Once a chief, always a chief. Oh. <laughs> I know there was Justin Jefferson who snatched literal victory from the jaws of defeat. Unbelievable. Unfathomable. You'd you pass the ball 50 times. You threw for... 357, we not even going to talk about the two inexplicable interceptions.
1: Not? Okay, all right. I thought we might, but no, okay, we don't have to.
2: We ain't, we ain't got to. That's all right. Kurt, you won a game I never thought you'd win, son. And, That's fair. And I'm I'm appreciative of your ball placement on the 4th and eighteen on the sideline to get you fellas in position to win the game. I can't criticize you at least for another week and that look, I got to live with that. I gotta, I gotta understand who I am and Kirk cousins. um, You went out there and and you, you got a victory that may play a significant role in the chief season. Moving forward.
1: We have to sit with that.
2: We We absolutely do
1: not have to start calling him Kirk Thuggins. Oh God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, Kurt, you beat an MVP candidate. You 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 did it. You did it and I'm sorry. I'm sorry I spent all these years publicly criticizing you for your quarterback play when you were, when you were better than good yesterday. Down 17. I feel better now, Josh.